The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. What are we doing out here? I told you, man, we're looking for mittens. Who's mittens? My cat. You got loose in the house. He's out here in the cold. So what are we... We're trying to f- can't find, find him. Trying yeah. to find him? He's cold. It's freezing. It's cold out here. What is this? This is what? Two red balloons. Well, these? Yeah. They're for it. You can't take it, man. Why not? Copyrights. Oh, you're right. Just gonna let them go. Yeah. Two beautiful balloons. You can let them They're float off in the atmosphere. They're gone. They're gone. You said I couldn't. Yeah. Well, where's Mittens? I don't know. We're looking for Mittens here. Oh, hey, guys. It's just me. Oh, yeah. God. What? What are you doing out here, man? Help you look for Mittens. Who's that? What was that? Oh. What was that? It's just Vic. It's probably just Vic, right? Is it just Vic? It's gotta be Vic. No, guys. That's not Vic. Vic's holding the camera. How did we not notice that you're holding the camera the whole time? Hey! Who's it? What is that? Is that Mittens? Is that Mittens? Is that Mittens? Dango, it's just me, man. Happy Halloween, guys. It's just, it's just Ty Dillon. Yeah, yeah, right? Happy it's Halloween. Just Ty. Just Ty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, good one, man. Thanks, wait, man. Wait, a, wait a second. Vic, if you're here, then who's there? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Halloween edition of Wrestling to the Max, episode 271, part one. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more, guys. And also, don't forget to go hit that subscribe button when Wrestling to the Max, wherever you get your podcast from, maybe iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Apple Podcasts, maybe even YouTube. Just go hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to also rate and review while you're already over there. Big love over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com for all they do for us. We appreciate their support. Hey, and make sure you also give some love over there to the W2M Network because not only will you get this podcast and everything we do, but you'll get everything that the website does too over there at W2Mnet.com. So a little bit of love over there too. I, of course, am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Paul Leeser. Heyo. 
And boy, guys, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I love Halloween, so I am super like pumped tonight to be a part of this show. And you know, a little bit more than usual. And trust me, guys, I haven't even eaten a ton of candy yet. Uh, but I am super stoked about being here. So forgive me if I go off the rails a little bit here. Uh, but you know, hey, I'm just glad to, to you know get to talk about a few things we'll be jumping into tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about WB and some of the releases they just made. Also talking a little bit about WrestleMania 35. Yeah, we're already talking about that, and it's not even the WrestleMania 34. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be talking about the possible location for that one. And we'll also be jumping into some Anthem talk because their show, Impact Wrestling, uh, has made some changes as well. They're letting go of some few people and uh, maybe even bringing some people in. So some big names to talk about. I'm excited about doing that, plus talking Ring of Honor. That's right. We have a big episode for you guys this week to kind of talk about and review. So there you go. A great show ahead of us. Guys, I, you know, of course, you know that I talk about this almost every, you know, two to three weeks leading up to Halloween. So no one needs to know how much I love Halloween. But what we do need to know is how much I am loving Stranger Things Season 2. And we're not going to ruin anything and tell people any spoilers. But I'm telling you guys, I thoroughly enjoyed so far what I've seen. I haven't finished it yet because I like to pace things out. Kind of like my Halloween candy. I don't eat it all in one night. I kind of space it out a couple weeks, three weeks, right? So... I mean, Sean, I, I know you were really enjoying this season, too. Uh, yes, uh, I binge-watched it in one sitting, basically. Uh, I picked the wrong time of day to... It was funny, because I rewatched because my mom had not seen uh, any of the show, so I watched all of season one, stayed up all night rewatching all of season one into Sunday morning. I... Luckily, I didn't have to work Saturday and Sunday, so I could. Uh, or it was Friday night and a Saturday, sorry. And then the next night, because we had all the college football stuff going on and all that, I waited until really late to start watching season two, and I stayed up all night until Sunday morning to watch all of season two. And, yeah, I just uh, really enjoy that show. Uh, from the looks of it, it looks like we're at least getting a season three, so that's positive. And yeah, just uh, I feel like it felt a lot like uh, Guardians One to Guardians Two, a lot more character development. You get a lot more of that, and the new characters they added were uh, really fun to see as well. So yeah, I mean, lots of neat stuff and surprises in there for people who haven't seen it. So mm-hmm. you should get to that. I mean, Sean Astin is just the best, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they get so meta with all the references that he's been in from the '80s with the with the Goonies and and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. It's great. Um, I I, uh, I started it. I was awake still when they released it on Netflix uh, Friday night, so I watched an episode then, and then I watched another episode Saturday, and it didn't it didn't grab me. Uh, like the first season did, where it just sort of pulls you in and sort of wants you to binge it all in one go. Uh, and I didn't, I finished it all on Sunday, uh, because it finally grabbed me at episode three and just kept on running. So I think the pacing is the biggest difference for me. Obviously all the other stuff that you get to see too, special effects. And I think the scale, uh, definitely got bigger as well. Uh, and, and a lot darker too, if you ask me, but just, uh, I, I think the pacing definitely is what sort of threw me off the most between season one and season two, but absolutely as enjoyable the second time around as it was the first time 
Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. And like I said, I, I YouTube finish it. I have yet to finish it. I, I'm trying my best to space it out because I know once I finish it, season three will be on my mind constantly. And I'll be like, I need it now. And they'll be like, ha ha, you got to wait a year and a half. <laughs> Supposedly so. they film season two and season three at the same time because the kids are growing up so quickly. So they want to they wanna try to make sure they're getting you know, them still looking like kids and not at Game of Thrones level of where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could be an issue for sure, you know. So, uh, and I'm, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm glad at least they did that. Hopefully, like you said, if it's less of a turnaround, that means maybe in the spring we could get season three. I'd love that if that You're took place. So. I, I doubt that. I yeah. think they really ah, like that, that schedule that they're on. Uh, okay, so there you go. Breaking my heart again, Paul. There you go. You know that, what that, I that's love okay. to do on this show. Apparently, <laughs> I, I know, I know. And hey, trust me, WWE already done enough of it, and we'll talk about that in a second here. Uh, but you know, also, uh, you know, you know, what's kind of cool about Stranger Things is they take me back to the '80s, and of course, you know, I was a little little kid, right? I wasn't, you know, those guys' ages, but I was a kid. Um, but you know, in the later eighties, I was loving Ghostbusters. So I super marked out, to watching those guys <laughs> dress up like Ghostbusters. You can't, I, I told my wife today, I said, I was so jealous just watching them dress up and be a uh, friends dressed up. Like I had no one else that was going to dress up like that with me. Everybody else wanted to do something else. I would have loved it. So anyway, uh, you know, love the Ghostbusters myself still, still to this day. I, I'm a nerd for them. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about Halloween. I know everybody else probably out there listening is tired of me talking about it, but I can't wait to go trick or treating. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Shauna, are y'all going to do any trick or treating? Is your um, you know mom going to take your daughter out anywhere? What are y'all going to do? Well, my mom is not big on Halloween, uh, so you know with the religious stuff or whatever. And that church that they go to apparently does not do the whole "Hey, let's all come to the church instead of going out trick or treating" thing either. Which is weird. So Anaya gets dressed up as Supergirl at school, and they're going to go to because the school she goes to is like it has all the grades, but mm-hmm. they're you know once you get past sixth grade, they have the middle school in a different building, and they have the high school in a different building. So they're going to let them go to the bigger kids parts of the school and like trick or treat to the different classes and stuff like that. So they still get the trick or treat, but at school which I think is neat. And, yeah, so, I, you know, at least she gets to do that, if, if not anything else. Yeah. Well, it's still super cool, man. That's we really, really awesome. Cool ideas when we were kids, guys. Like, that's, that's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I know. Well, our, at least my school in Arlington, they're all kind of separate from each other, so we'd have to go a while <laughs> for that, you know, for that to happen. Yeah, but like letting you trick or treat around school would have been cool, right? We just had parties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all we do. Same yeah. over here. <laughs> I think the like the thing with the for some reason I feel like the stuff with the religions were bigger when we were kids than mm-hmm. now when kids are kids. Like that was the deal back then. Like you couldn't have Christmas stuff that much because at least where where I lived. It was like, oh, you'd have the whole, well, we can't really do that because parents will get offended. Mm-hmm. And we can't really like be celebrating Halloween because you might get the parents that are like really against it and they'll get offended too. So we can't do that at the school. We give you candy and some schools will let you 
I guess I think depending on the grade, they let you dress up or not. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, you know, it all depends, I guess, on you know the way things worked out in different places. But you know, growing up, I always you know found my way out, and we kind of did the whole Halloween night thing and went around town. But there were times when you know we. I, I kind of grew up in church and all that, and my mom would want me to go to the church thing, and so I would sneak around, go trick-or-treating, then go to the church thing later. <laughs> so <laughs> I found my way to to hang out with the devil for a little while, and then I went and hung out with God, so it worked out well, you know? Um, but, you know, that's the way sometimes it works out. Paul, what are you doing on Halloween, man? Uh, probably sitting at home, honestly. Uh, <laughs> handing out candy, or are you just going to turn the lights out and just rock and roll? Since I uh, have grown up, my, my neighborhood used to be filled with kids, right? And so did all the surrounding neighborhoods. That is no longer the case. Uh, it's all older people in my neighborhood now. I don't think we've had kids come around here in, oh gosh, 10 years? Something like that? Hmm. Um, wow! So, yeah, it's it's usually pretty dead around my neck of the woods. I get you. So that's a, that's fair enough. Uh, hey, at no least you'll have a nice night. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> pretty dead, dead around there, huh? Yeah. Better go. Uh, uh, yeah, all of that I'm going to do with the killings, and <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Uh, I got to get the fashion police. Uh, but anyway, um, so. <laughs> There you go. Well, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. I hope everybody else listening out there. I know you, that's our plans and everything. Hope everybody listening though, you know, go out and have fun, enjoy yourself. Or if you just want to have a night in, turn those lights out and watch some terrifying horror films. I, uh, Sean and I both want you to go rent your local uh, Italian horror film, whatever you can find. Yes, uh, just go do. rent your Italian horror. That, that's the best one. So. <laughs> Anyway, guys, well, let's do this thing. We need to go ahead and jump into some wrestling news. Let's talk quick hits right after this. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right, guys, let's talk a little WrestleMania. Not this year's WrestleMania, but 2019. That's right, WrestleMania 35. There are some rumors going around about the location already. I mean, my God, it just feels like we just heard about this year's WrestleMania being set up in New Orleans. Um, but we are getting some rumors out there. And a couple of places that we're finding him is yeah, we got De'Aaron Easley and we also have Ticket Drew, uh, both kind of going out there and spreading the rumors around that Detroit is the next place that we could be seeing WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, there are still some other places in, you know, kind of the running. New York City, Wing One, Philadelphia. So it's not for sure. But, you know, these two people that are kind of rumoring it have been successful in the past. So I, I'm really kind of curious what you think about this, Paul. I mean, Detroit, I mean, they've had them before. So what do you think about this year? No, next year. See, 2019. Yeah, 2019. It, it's really – one, I mean, it's about time I think WrestleMania went back north. I think they've been – in the South, you know, singly for like the past five years, it feels like. Um, maybe I'm overstating, but uh, there's there's a huge, huge movement I think across a lot of businesses in the USA right now, both entertainment and uh, you know just straight up business uh, included, trying to sort of revitalize Detroit and get people back there and living and back on their feet, you know, because Detroit. Uh, if you're not from the States, had fallen on a lot of hard times. The entire city had declared bankruptcy at one time a couple years ago. It was it was a real bad scene. 
So them going to Detroit would not really shock me and would definitely fall in line, I think, with what a lot of places are doing. Um, one, because, you know, places are so cheap up in Detroit right now to, to sort of buy into because they just want stuff there. But uh, it, I know the Lions, for example, have really invested a lot around the stadium as far as trying to build up a, a place for people to come hang out and spend money and stuff like that. So this would not shock me at all if Detroit turns out to be the location. I mean, Detroit had one of the most successful WrestleManias ever, mm-hmm. right? So our, our current our current president uh, was was on that show. So uh, I, I think going to Detroit is is a great move for them. It has history, of course, with the WrestleMania three and everything. Uh, I, I wonder what the heck Minnesota did to WWE that they still don't get WrestleMania. Like <laughs> that was like a rumor. Like for a long time, and then it's like, oh, all these years keep passing, and they still don't get WrestleMania. It's like a, it's not like the town, or they not offering enough money. Uh, I yeah. think it has a lot to do with the former governor of Minnesota, don't you think? I mean, you think Vince is like, no way, Jesse Ventura and his home state's getting at WrestleMania. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, I, that's a joke. But no, seriously, I mean, you're right, Sean. It, it's very interesting. And they got that beautiful new stadium up there. Well, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? I mean, my God, the Vikings home field is a brand spanking new. I, I mean, I'd do it. I mean, Ford Field is pretty nice, too. So, uh, yeah, it, it it is cool to see it go back up north um, and, and have that different – setting for it and everything might have to deal with the cold that's what i was going to ask you i mean sean i mean we've seen this when it comes to the nfl and you saw how pissed off they got at dallas the year that the super bowl was you know in dallas and the guy iced over and everything got ruined all the parties got canceled and they just kind of put a damp and mood on that super bowl you know, do you think that's WB's thinking too? You know, it's always nice to have a big party in Miami and New Orleans and all these other places in the South because it's going to be warmer weather, even though it's April. I, I, do you think they still kind of have fears they're going to have some bad weather up at the North? Or wh- why do you think they do this? New York's had it though. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the stadium uh, is, is a dome. Mm-hmm. So as long as. The event itself is not being affected, then it really shouldn't matter, right? You have to deal with mm-hmm. weather, no matter where you go. I mean, it can. We we saw it for the Super Bowl in Texas. It it could snow in freaking February, and you have to deal with that. So, uh, you can't control the weather, especially with it just being crazy. Sometimes uh, the more and more we get into the whole climate change and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I think you, the weather, you kind of just have to throw it out there and just say, well, if it snows, we got to deal with it. Just as long as we can get to the arena, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe the folks in Detroit are better about letting people in the stadium. 
you know, Ford Field. <laughs> Hopefully, he has a better staff. Yeah, you know, at WrestleMania 32, they decided that they wanted you to stand outside as long as possible. So Dallas has a bad rep for that. I can vouch for that on many other events uh, at AT&T Stadium. Uh, American Airlines Center in Dallas does a great job, um, but the AT&T Stadium does not. Uh, and hopefully Ford Field is better at that, and especially if it is cold for those folks. But I think, you know, Detroit is a great place. It really is for a big event like WrestleMania, like Paul mentioned, to kind of revitalize that entire you know city and to get some more income for them is always a positive thing wb got a lot of breaks going to new orleans after what we saw go down with hurricane katrina and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. wb is in favor of giving these cities a chance to kind of get back on their feet and get going again and and detroit they are trying to do that in their own fashion they're not you know depending on everybody else their businesses around there are growing So this is a good thing if it does happen. Once again, we still have Philadelphia that could still be in that running. You still have New York City could be in that running. So this is rumored. Once again, this is not a fact. This is not something we're stamping and saying it's happening. Um, But these rumors could very well be true. And if they are, I mean, good for Detroit. So, Yeah, WrestleMania hasn't decidedly been in the North since WrestleMania 29. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is crazy because mm-hmm. that's where it always used to be. <laughs> well, let me say this, too. I, know I don't want people, of course, if you're listening to this show and you're on the West Coast, I'm sorry for my statement. But unless you're going to be inside a dome, I really hope the next time they go to the West Coast, it, it, that's the only way they do it. Because the outside thing, to me, works better for WrestleMania if it's in a place like New York City where it gets dark quicker. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the whole, hey, it's sunny and we're almost through with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so unless they could find a nice looking uh, dome somewhere in California, let's not do it out there. Or Vegas. Let's not do it anywhere but a place in the West Coast that has a cover over it. So other than that, hey, West Coast, I- I'm sure you want some more WrestleManias too. Uh, let's move on though. Uh, that's, you know, once again, a bunch of rumors and stuff like that. Let's talk about who WB released. Uh, they released a few folks here. I'm going to throw out two names before I throw out the name that we're going to have the conversation about, because I think there's two names here that we're just going to say a couple things and we're done with it. So let's just get done with these two. Uh, Darren Young and Summer Rae have both been released by WB. I, I, I don't know that that's really, you know, gonna hurt anybody's feelings i hate to say it that way but sean i mean how can we be surprised uh i mean we can't really i mean they haven't summer ray was in that movie uh in the marine and the other marine uh but that's that's about it that's about the length of her doing anything important other than being on total divas uh, and that was in the early seasons of her being relevant. You know, she's kind of just been in the shadows and not doing much. And, I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, Saint Darren Young just keeps getting hurt every time they were doing something with him. Mm-hmm. And and then just, I mean, let's he's he's a, I guess, a average wrestler or whatever, but uh, the, the company and... And performing is you got to be way better than average uh, to keep your seat, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and even then, sometimes that doesn't save you. You got to be over on TV and and having a place, and you know. 
Yeah, I and Sean basically just said it in relation to those two. But Darren Young, the future's bright for you, man. The Young Bucks, they made you a special T-shirt on Twitter to come join the Bullet Club. So, uh, <laughs> which is basically yeah. just the Bullet Club logo on a rainbow. But <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, now I want that shirt, even though. <laughs> glad, to, yeah, yeah, I'm glad to see the Bullet Club is open to everyone. So. That is exactly. I, I totally get the shirt. I just don't want to give people the wrong idea. That's the only thing I would worry about. So, uh, well, you know the way things are, they might just say that, "Hey, you are uh, you are in favor of everything and defending it." So you might I get people not. like cheering on the street. You know, yeah, that's true. Very true. Very progressive, Gary. I like that. Yeah. So. Uh, Still yeah, wearing the church, maybe. Yeah, ah, actually, they would probably not care. I got to. They may kind of wonder about me. Like you're married to a woman, right? Uh, but other than that, they would probably just be like, "Oh, cool." Better. So yeah, uh, I, I actually got an interesting story. I'm not going to air this, but uh, I will say this. And for a lot of people listening out there who say Christians are jerks and they hate all gays, um, I'll just say this. I have a pastor who actually let an entire family leave his church because he defended a gay person staying in his church. So I respect him a whole lot for that. And so just want to mention that really quickly. That's, that's cool. It was, a, it was a family that had been there for years and years and years. So it's not just a family he was just ready to throw away. That was a family he had had with a long time. So, you know, just say that it's not all Christians are bad if people are all out there saying that. So. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the big story now because I think Darren Young, good for him. He can go and do Bullet Club or whatever else he wants in Summer Ray. Find something else to the do. The newest TNA <laughs> Impact Wrestling or, or Impact Wrestling, Darren Young. Yeah, and that's totally fine if Darren Young goes and does Impact or he goes and joins. Summer Ray already says she's going to make an Impact. So. Oh God! Just like I said, summary. Find something else to do. So, to go look. Look, there, there's probably plenty of places you can take pictures. Look, and considering some of the people that are in that knockout division, would she really be that bad to add? I mean, yeah, you're right. That that's that's it's a valid point. Um, I I don't know. I just I don't I need find... another reason to hate yeah. impact. It's mostly I think where Gary's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be as nice as I can. Find something else to do. <laughs> Let's talk about the next, the, the last release we hear from WWE right now, at least this moment as we do this podcast. Emma was released this week, and uh, this is one that kind of s- is a little bit more of a sting, um, especially coming out of this whole thing where we saw her just now, you know, having some matches here with Oscar and made Oscar kind of, you know, spend a little time in the ring with her. It was not a squash, so. They made Emma look like she was at least capable of doing her job, and then they cut her and fire her from her job. So, Sean, I mean, this is the one I, I really wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about this? And really, where do you think WWE stands? Why do you think they decided out of the blue? It feels like it's just out of the clear blue sky. They said, you're fired. That seems really stupid, the decisions you decided to make with Asuka in her debut and then her subsequent other match. Then, if you're going to get rid of Emma, mm-hmm. that's just absolutely asinine. Then, uh, the only thing I can think of is unless they have somebody's come out that completely out, you know, overruled this, which I haven't heard it, is maybe she asked for it mm-hmm. because, like, 
why would you feature her? And then it felt like the story was that they were just going to increasingly decrease the amount of time it was going to take Asuka to continue to beat Emma until Asuka just beat her outright quickly. And then you just release her. This is just, it's crazy. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it would have just been a WWE decision. It would have had to have been she's forcing it or maybe there was something happened backstage or whatever. But yeah, this it sucks because Emma's had opportunities, right? I mean just uh and then either dumb stuff happens, like, you know, her arrest or she gets injured or, you know, the they misconstrue the character like they have various times throughout the history of talent coming from NXT to WWE. Uh, she's very talented. She's proven that. So she she could go to any place in the world and, and wrestle right now. That's not the problem. Uh, it's just, I don't know, WWE, I guess, just never saw uh, the same in her after that that whole thing with the character they were the Emelina thing just didn't work. But it just it sucks because you know, you always felt like her and Paige still deserved more for being the first, you know, women leading that revolution. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't. Uh, you could argue Paige has gotten at least a fairer shake than Emma ever did. Uh and really I, I mean Emma's problems started happening basically right when she got brought up to the main roster because they kind of flubbed on continuing to succeed on the gimmick she built in NXT as this lovable goofball into uh, sort of just letting her be forgotten until the heel turn Uh, and then another stint in NXT where she rebuilt herself into something very cool and they flubbed that and then she gets hurt and then the arrest and, and then, Dana got hurt too, which yeah, didn't Dana help either. Yeah. Uh, and then it, whatever they thought Emelina was going to be never, ever panned out into anything. So the, you could say that there are times where maybe you look at this and go, you know what? She she has an injury history now. Uh, she has the, the one arrest that was, uh, you know, on her record now, like, there are strikes there, but there's no way that this is entirely her fault, right? I mean, I, Emma is an incredibly gifted wrestler and proven to you two times that she can make a gimmick worth using. And they just, they, they whiffed every time. This I think it's just another one in the L column for NXT to main roster transitions. And that's really, really sad because Emma looked like a surefire success coming up and just... It never, they never found a way to use her correctly, I feel. So the Indies and everybody else are about to get a great gift because I think Emma, she can go back to Shimmer. She can go to Ring of Honor if she wants to and do the Women of Honor thing if that's what she wants to do. Or if for some reason you want to go to Impact or, or just, you know, I mean, Australia's got a scene too. You can go hit back if she wants to go home or there's plenty of places for her to work. She's not going to be hurting for, for money at all, I don't think. No, I'm uh, sure cer- Austin is. Certainly not. I think what sucks, too, is they should have at least let her do the Emelina thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a week or two and see what the crowd thought after you hyped it up so bad. And then what, she walks down the ramp and Vincent like it, so you kill the entire thing. It's just oh, so dumb. 
but yeah, just ever since then, it was just not going to be the same for her, and it sucked. Yeah, I mean, things sometimes just don't work out the way you plan them to, and, and I think that's kind of the sad story of Emma. And you know, she can't help the injuries, and really, honestly, the whole arrest thing was on a you know technicality flub or whatever. She forgot to put a cell phone case in her, you know, uh, uh, where she could pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, apparently, uh, you know, fell in the bag or. They didn't pay, you know, check it out, whatever, however it happened. But nonetheless, it was over a phone case. Come on. So that was, you know, something small. But little things like that have built up to, to where now she's sitting out there thinking, I had these opportunities, I had this and this, but yet they were never really willing to completely buy in to me. Mm-hmm. They wanted to kind of halfway do it and halfway do it, and then here I am. So, I, I you know, I, I think you're right, Paul. I think that there is lots of opportunities still out there for I mean, you've got guys, you know, I mentioned Austin Aries a second ago. Joey Ryan as uh, another guy who came out and said he don't never join WWE because he makes so much more money. Uh, and let's say these guys may just be saying this stuff, but they are making good money. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have no idea the WWE contracts they'd be getting, but Emma will find her way somewhere, and she'll make good money because she's a big name, and she'll get something uh, going with her career. And hopefully, we'll see her again on WWE television. I think it'd be great for her to make that big comeback and make a little bit of a rattle on the scene and make them want you back. So uh, Cody Rhodes is doing that right now. So let's see what she can do. I just really, really feel bad for her and everything that's kind of taking place here, guys. I mean, it just really sucks, you know? So, you know, and also, you know, we also it doesn't help, uh, Paul, that, you know, Leo Rush is even coming out and tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the God. folks what Leo Rush had to say here, Paul? So, so Leo sends out a tweet that basically says this is really what happens when nobody is truly ready for Asuka. And he gets torn apart by basically every wrestler on Twitter. <laughs> uh, people inside the WWE call him classless and, and all this. And uh, and people outside the company are, are doing the same. And it's just not... Leo hasn't even been there six months. And he's already probably got a, a rather large strike against him. <laughs> Oof. Bad, 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 stupid, 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 ignorant. ignorant. I, I could keep on with the dumb. Uh, maybe he hasn't gotten to the part of the performance center where you have to take those social media classes yet. Yeah, maybe that's what it. <laughs> I don't. I no. Look now, we gotta understand. I think what he said, taken out of context of her being fired, is. A harmless joke, right? right? If some goofball on Twitter said this during the Raw, during Raw or SmackDown, it would just be some dumb joke, right? Mm-hmm. But you said this immediately after she's fired. She's the one that's been in the feud with Asuka. It's like, ah, you got to have a little bit of tact, you know? Uh, this is something you could say like a week after. Or whatever, you know, two weeks after, and you want to make the joke, fine. But it's like, ah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something petty happens backstage now because of this stuff for him. And uh, I can't say that I feel bad for him, but 
that's just one of those things. You just don't, unless it's something where that person wronged you, and like they made you lose your job as long as well as them losing their job or whatever. Like, there is just no reason to say anything bad about somebody losing their job. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. We do it when like coaches get fired, and we want to see that coach get fired. And all. So that's, I think, that's even a different situation than this is. But it's like, uh, I, yeah. It, How old is Leo Rush? He's like twenty one, twenty two. I mean, he looks so young. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but he, he seems so young to me. And this, you know, basically is a tweet you would see a young person make because he's just having fun. He's throwing something out there. I really don't think the guy hates Emma. I think he just made a joke like Sean, you just said, you know, well, he apologized else? and said yeah. that he really respected her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a joke. He was having fun. This is why I get in trouble sometimes with my wife. Make a little joke here and there. So that's bad taste. I'm sorry. You know, I'll stay away from those kind of jokes. 22. 22. Yeah. See, they're right there, Sean. He'll be 23 uh, in November. Yeah. I mean, and anybody listening, if you're that age, I'm sure you probably tweeted something this morning that maybe other people wouldn't like. I know what, you know, in my earlier years, I would have done a lot more stupid stuff than maybe I don't do now. And so that's just, you know, comes with the territory and people are overly sensitive and everything gets blown out of proportion. Sure. I'm sure there'll be people that take it personally in the locker room and they'll give them a hard time about it. But really, I mean, come on. He's a young guy. He's not being hateful. He didn't say she sucked. He didn't say anything like that. He just, you know, made a comment about Oscar and the storyline. It'd be different if he says this is why Emma, you know, should have been long time done a long time ago and started listing things. I mean, that's different. So, yeah, I just think it's way blown out of proportion. Just kind of like he said in that, you know tweet you know responding to all this so it's it's sure it's in bad taste right it, it's something that maybe you shouldn't say right after it happens but i mean come on people let's just stop being so sensitive i mean it's just ridiculous if you ask me but that's what social media does for you right so yeah i even still like you, you gotta be sensitive to the situation uh of somebody losing their job it's never a good time you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I agree with you that people are definitely very sensitive to a lot of stuff this day and age, but there are some things I, I you probably shouldn't push the line with, especially on the internet where it's magnified 20 fold as to how bad stuff can get. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Well, kind of like poor Jojo last week, right? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can also confirm Gary's. Uh, well, I mean, you've heard it on 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 this podcast. Sometimes Gary says, uh, "We, you know, dastardly things." But I can attest to what Gary was saying. My favorite, I think, not my favorite, but my probably most common line when uh, we all lived together was, "God, Gary," or something to that effect. At <laughs> like, what Gary something Gary said. So oh man. Uh, it's the truth. I, I tend to say things that are really inappropriate at the wrong time. Um, and, you know, even laughing at a kid getting hit by a car in church. So. Yes, God, that was the worst <laughs> in church too. You're like, let's pray for little Joey. He got hit by a car this week, and I'm busting out laughing, and everybody else is like all solemn. I'm sitting there going, "What the hell are you laughing about, dude?" So, uh, you know, my personality tends to go on a dark humor side of things at times. So, 
Yeah, it's not, it's not all sexual innuendo. This is why we have to have Gary after dark for real. It's very dark humor as well. Yeah, I, I you know, people surprisingly, it, it, you know, you hear me on this show. I, I, I'm a little held back, actually. <laughs> yeah, find me in real life. We'll, we'll actually have that discussion. Uh, that's why I love uh, James. Probably because we would lose all of our listeners if we let Gary. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> a big shout out to my buddy Fonty. Uh, you know that, that me and him, our humor is very much alike. So, anyway. Uh, well, you know, let's also talk, uh, you know, about, you know, some other things going on in the world of wrestling, just besides, you know, think of Rush getting himself in trouble. Let's talk about Roman Reigns, right? And Roman Reigns has been gone, you know, prior to TLC and still gone. That's right. I mean, we saw Bo Dallas on Raw, but still no Roman Reigns. Uh, he's still not cleared to make a, a re return back to the ring right now. And that probably means it still may be getting over some illness or, you know, maybe trying to get healthy. Uh, they just don't maybe want to put him in a situation right now at this point while that you know, virus still possibly going around the locker room. Maybe they don't want him in the mix of that just in case it still is going around. Maybe that's a reason they haven't put him back in and, you know, got him right reacculated to everything. But the, the biggest story here is that he is supposedly going to be back for Survivor Series, but we're still waiting that out, Sean. Uh, do you think that this is a a hindrance at all, or do you think this is a smart move for WB to keep him away? Well, yeah, I, I think certainly you don't want anybody else getting infected with this, mm-hmm. right? So the important part is to make sure that he comes back and he's healthy and that the, everything about the meningitis is gone and you're not going to have any more problems because the worst thing you can possibly happen is you think it's all gone, here we go. Oh, even people that didn't have it before now have it. And it gets worse, and you have more people you got to pull off the road and everything. So, yeah, even if it hurts at Survivor Series, I don't think people are going to not watch Survivor Series because Roman Reigns wasn't on it. Uh, it. In fact, I think you'll get more celebration from people because he's not on it. So, uh, at least from people in in our side of things. So... Yeah, uh, make sure he's healthy first. I think it's more of uh, the more of not wanting it to spread around anymore because mumps can stay pretty contagious long after it's gone. So uh, I think the longer they keep him off the road and keep on trying to quarantine it is is mostly what they're after here. But obviously they do have that deadline of, hey, Survivor Series is around the corner. We really want Roman on the show. Uh because you know he is a big star for them, whether we like it or not, and that's uh, that's certainly a place that they want him to be and look strong and all that good stuff. The the typical Roman stuff, you know, on the big show. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, you got to be smart. This is just like you know any other sports team, right? You're not going to put your you know your biggest guy out there, even though we may not personally love Roman Reigns or think anything of him. They do. So that's what matters, right? And, you know, if a coach or an owner of a sports team, they know that there's something going on or they're afraid of a guy getting injured, mm-hmm. they don't put him on the, the, you know, on the court or on the field until they know that, you know, this is an important game. We need you. And I think that's what they're looking at here with Survivor Series. Maybe, you know, the go-home show and then go to Survivor Series with Roman Reigns. Just keep him away until this whole mumps breakout, you know, kind of for sure is out of the picture 
I think that's a wise move, especially if, you know, you you have higher expectations, you have bigger, you know, plans down the road for Roman Reigns. You can't have him gone for extended periods of time. So, yeah, it is what it is with this situation. But, I mean, uh, at least they're being smart, and I'm sure Roman is, you know, trying to get healthy if he's not healthy yet, so. Uh, you know, another thing we're going to talk about here tonight is a little bit about what's going on, you know, over there at Impact and uh, all that stuff, because they are, you know, making a few moves of their own. Um, what they're trying, though, to do is to kind of reacclimate themselves and get their brand back into where they want to be, right? They, they want to be, well, I say back where they want to be because they're not really there and they haven't been there but get their brand grown and get to a point where they can maybe even try to compete with WWE and that's by getting bigger superstars right so they're looking at some superstars on the indies some of the bigger names and a couple of them are, are pretty big names uh one of those is ricochet uh no last week we kind of talked about ricochet kind of being rumored to go to WWE. how it looks more and more likely since he's not taking bookings in january that that could be the case but impact is going to take their shot at him they're going to throw out some numbers i'm sure his way and, and maybe try to convince him on the schedule that they keep a lot of other things or even trying to convince his girlfriend tessa blanchard to come over and be a part of impact so they are really trying to court those two. I mean, Paul, do you see anything out of that? Do you think that those two maybe decide to go to Impact? or what? How do you feel about that? So Ricochet, to me, I don't think the, the no-booking thing after January, I don't think would have been such a big deal if he had signed with Impact, right? Like, he definitely, I'm pretty sure he's definitely going to WWE. Tessa seems, according to what I've read at least, more confirmed they're saying she might be there post bound for glory uh during that weekend of show or week of shows essentially that they're doing after the pay-per-view so uh ricochet i i don't think so uh it just seemed like hey keeping my options open i'll negotiate with you while i'm doing this deal with wwe and if i don't like what i'm hearing from them i got you on the table uh tessa would be a huge help to impact wrestling as far as the knockouts division goes however it's not really a great piece of that show right now. So if they're going to try to firm it up with uh, with indie talents right now, I think Tessa's one of the best for sure. You just got to make sure you're booking everything right there. You can't be doing what you're doing now where it's just a, a big giant mess. Yeah, uh, I think also we have to consider that remember when this was still rumors – Right, I think Ricochet very plainly said he would not go to WWE if he's going to be stuck in the cruiserweight division. Mm -hmm. So you know, considering that you know he's friends with Neville, and you know, I'm sure he talks to some other guys. Perhaps you know what he's been hearing is not good, and he says, "Okay, yeah, I'm going to have a great time in NXT or whatever." What happens to me after that? And is that ceiling for him there? You know, is that ceiling for him very low, Uh, or is it? You know, if if that ceiling doesn't feel very boundless for him, then, you know, is he going to really be able to succeed there? Because at some point, you don't want to be stuck in one place, and he has the ability to be a star if WWE markets him that way and allows him to be that. Uh, I think 
I think he wants to go into WWE, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is considering Impact or or somewhere else uh, at that. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know ROH comes around and maybe he signs just to keep doing New Japan. Who knows? But it's just I don't know that you know WWE is a solid thing for people his size like that because you know what's going to wind up happening to you. And I think Tess Blanchard, I mean, she's been, she was in the women's classic. So I think she kind of got her taste of WWE and maybe feels like I'm not going to work out so well there. And, or, you know, who knows, Impact probably also giving her more money. That probably helps as well that, you know, she may sign with Impact. Also, there's the nicer schedule you have with Impact and everything else too. Uh, You could, Literally, probably actually have a family with Impact, whereas with WWE, that's really hard to say, you know, oh, if I want to decide to go have kids, it's really hard to do. And then you're off the road and then, you know, you come back and who knows what happens to you at that point. So there's a lot of things to consider when you're taking those two companies. And yeah, with Impact, you don't know, but Anthem's got a lot of money. So unless they just decide to just... We're not paying for this anymore. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd like to see both of them in WWE, but I wouldn't be surprised if one or both side with Impact, just because there are some positives to being over there. Yeah, and you're completely right, Sean. You know, you you've got more time with family. You know, your significant other. You know, the Impact that you know gives you actually a lot when it comes to that, but. You know, your pay uh, may not be as great as you would get in WWE later. Uh, NXT, uh, for the most part, isn't going to pay you a ton. And I think a lot of guys have kind of made that prevalent. Uh, You know, Austin Aries was a big proponent of saying that he got paid very little compared to what he gets paid in bingo halls when he was in NXT. And, you know, that's just the way development goes. But I think later on, the the guarantees and things like that are going to be on the table when you hit the main roster. Uh, So, nonetheless, I mean... This is a situation where I think Ricochet is really excited about going to WWE, but he's got to have that bargaining chip on the table. And, you know, there you go. I mean, tell WWE, hey, Impact's knocking down my door. They want me now. Like, they they want to pay me X, you know, amount of money, uh, X amount of dollars. And this is what they're offering me, too. This is my schedule. I'm going to be a guy that's going to be going after the X Division title. And I'm going to get, a, you know, another run for this title. What can you give me? What are you going to be willing well, to do? I mean, I, I don't think that they can offer him any kind of – he's going to have to work the house shows and all that stuff. He's not going to get the schedule he'd get with Impact. But Oh, no, no. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, saying basically, hey, you guys have to give me more than just say, hey, you know, put me on the cruiserweights, right? I mean, that's he's, he's going to be yeah. very vehemently against that, and they – May have a clause. It wouldn't surprise me in that contract saying they cannot put him in the cruiserweight division for at least a year or two. Like they can't do anything like that with him. Um, because yeah. I mean, like I said, he has those bargaining chips. He can stay on the indies and make a ton of money, guys. I mean, he is more in control of this than WV. So it's really yeah. up to him. So Tessa Blanchard, yeah, I mean, I don't and he think. could be a big star in at Impact too. But mm-hmm. let's be fair. I think. Uh, with his style, you could not have him in the exhibition. He could be a just heavyweight world title guy and and, and put butts in the seats at least. I don't know about watching TV for him, but 
he'd certainly bring people to the arena, uh, you know, and, and if you market him right, he, he could do stuff for Impact. So, you know, I, I don't know how much, because we've seen WWE, right? If you start haggling them with money and they don't think you're worth it, they just won't offer it to you because uh, mm-hmm. they're WWE and they don't care. Uh, and they have earned that right, obviously, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if that if this messes with them at all. Definitely. So, I mean, we'll, we'll keep tabs on him, um, but I'm really, really interested and uh, excited about seeing what Ricochet finally does do. And, you know, of course, Tessa Blanchard, I, I'm right with you guys. Impact is probably her next stop because, uh, you know, she's already been a part of the WWE roster uh, when it comes just to, to being around NXT, little spots here or there. I mean, they, they have never offered her a full-time job, but they've at least had to look at her and they still haven't offered her anything big. So probably not happening soon. Uh, let's just really quickly here mention that Impact they, has made the releases of their own. Uh, they have released Reno Scum and Rockstar Spud. A couple names here. Now, Reno Scum is not really tied to them for very long because, you know, they were part of the Jeff Jarrett thing. But Rockstar Spud had been there for a little bit. And that's kind of one that makes me kind of sad because I like him a lot. I mean, Paul, anything uh, maybe raise an eyebrow here or two? Uh, Reno Scum, like you said, doesn't really surprise me. Old, old guard, old regime stuff there. Uh, as far as impact, uh, impact. As far as Anthem and Impact's looking at them, so they're they're disposable to them. Uh, Rockstar Spud, I've seen mixed rumors that he may have asked for his release or he may have not. Um, but there's also talk that he might be in line to show up in the WWE for the cruiserweight division or 205 already percolating. So or Cruiserweight Division or the UK show, excuse me, uh, w- which is cool. I-, I mean, he definitely can't play a character, and if that's what you want on 205 Live right now, then I think Spud fits the bill pretty well there. Yeah, I, I think uh, he'd also be a nice lackey for Enzo. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you want to transition Drew Gulak out of the role he's in, you could put Rockstar there more in a permanent fashion. Uh, very easily, uh, he could also just be another cruiserweight guy that you add. Um, I I really enjoyed Rockstar in certain spots. Uh, the whole feud with him and Dixie and uh, EC3 and all that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll always have that. Uh, the way he got into Impact was super interesting as well. Just uh, you know, with a guy that small, I think there's there's only so many things you can do with him, right? It uh, doesn't matter what company you're in. It's That's just going to be a hindrance at some point, right? And unless you do crazy moves like Rey Mysterio or or you just got some out-of-this-world talent that they can't – they they see and they, they can't do anything without. Like just, But uh, I'm, I'm glad that he seems like he has prospects. Uh, uh, you know, I, I could even see him at – be, having some kind of position in it within NXT, maybe not wrestling, but just a coach or something like that, or uh, you, you know, he could do something for the UK, the WWE UK thing, if if they ever get that off the ground. So, yeah, and not a bad ring announcer either. So yeah. that's true. I, I think it'd be kind of funny to work that into an angle. You know, have him ring announce and then someone attack him, and then he comes back and jumps in the ring so it'd be kind of fun to, to you know you guys basically explored a lot of those options and 
Nonetheless, I think this is a guy that offers something. Um, maybe not, you know, a major role like a Ricochet would, but he does offer something, and I think he would be, you know, really great for WWE or any of the place that would be willing to take him because I, I think he has talent. He's good on the mic, and he's, you know, pretty solid in the ring. So let's see what happens with him, but. You know, hopefully uh, good things go for him. And Reno Scum, you know, I was never a big Reno Scum guy, but I think those guys will land on their feet somewhere in the Indies, and they'll be just fine. All righty. Uh, well, there you go, guys. That is quick hits for this uh, show. Uh, of course, you know, of course, next Thursday we'll uh, have a lot more cool news to talk about probably. Uh, but now we are going to jump into some Ring of Honor. All right, uh, Ring of Honor comes at you first with some highlights, uh, showing off all the stuff that's led up to the tag team match between the Addiction taking on Jay Lethal and Kushida, which is going to be your main event. And then Cody Rhodes comes out to, to join commentary for the first match, uh, but before we dive into that, we do get a bit of a promo here from the Kingdom, where they continue to talk up this conspiracy against them, which I swear to God, we can't turn around the Ring of Honor these days without somebody thinking there's a conspiracy against them. Uh, but the best part, I think, was just TK and how how big a ham they were, Gary, about looking for TK Orion's parade since he made his grand return from what he coined as the most infamous injury in pro wrestling. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's... It's kind of funny because this is stuff that you would kind of get from a group like, you know, the Young Bucks or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of took a page out of their book, but I'm loving it. I think it's so funny because he makes it out like it's just the huge deal and he's the comeback superstar of the year, things like that. And uh, it just, it's wonderful. The Kingdom, you know, surprisingly enough, you know, getting back together and doing it the way they're doing it is working completely great for me because the personalities are just kind of showing through. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you entirely. Everybody feels very distinct now that TK and Vinny don't really just feel like lackeys now. Um, even though I think once you get in the ring, I think TK is basically almost a carbon copy of Matt Taven. Uh, whereas Vinny is very much his own sort of guy and uh, everything that he does. But TK Orion takes on Jonathan Gresham one-on-one. Uh, you have the rest of the kingdom constantly getting involved as Gresham sort of takes TK to task at parts. The machine guns run in uh, to sort of make the save and, and try to keep the kingdom from interfering. But the referee ends up tossing them out first and then tosses out Vinny and Taven. But they never quite make it to the back. Eventually, TK begs them to get back into the ring. And here they come, forcing the DQ before the machine guns run in to run them off. So it looks like this feud between Sir, or Seek and Destroy and the Kingdom is not quite over, Gary. No, it's not. You know, and it doesn't bother me that it's not over. It <laughs> really doesn't. I think that they have you know something special here because I really do, like I said, like the Kingdom a lot. And Search and Destroy, as much as they kind of lack that personality, to be honest with you, they it, it's kind of funny to say that, right? Because the baby faces, you know, you think it has some like really lovable guys, but Seek and Destroy really is about good wrestlers mm-hmm. <laughs> and just guys who come out there, work hard, and you know, try to win matches. So, as much as that takes place, I think it's still very interesting. I'm really wanting to see the next step in in this direction and. 
let's let's hope that they keep going in the upward uh you know wave with this whole thing because they haven't kind of still made it stale or anything like that so i'm enjoying it i really really am yeah this is this could be a fun feud uh to sort of do on the side while you still have the six-man titles on the young bucks uh simply because i mean the, the motor city machine guns do have the tag titles right now that's something to fight over but I really just like the kingdom sort of being dicks to to, to, to search and destroy <laughs> and just messing with them. It's fun. <laughs> I love it too. And the lawlessness of the kingdom, like like you mentioned, Vinny, and uh, you know, just never leaving ringside. You know, it's it's kind of funny because TK is sitting there thinking, oh well, I know I'm going to be screwed, but his guys never leave. It's search and destroy who take you know hide and run mm-hmm. because they don't want the ref you know counting their guy out but they don't care the kingdom is there for whatever happens so it just shows that they're very lawless they don't care all that matters to them is they accomplish what they want to accomplish and i kind of like that it it, you know means something and Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be great to see whatever they have here in the future with them absolutely absolutely uh so before we get to the next big part of the show we get a bully ray recap video showing off uh his highlights from uh from uh, uh, from his retirement or quote unquote retirement speech because I still don't know if it's a work or not. Uh, then we get a TV title uh, recap showing off all the challengers from last week's match and Kenny winning the belts to sort of set up uh, to sort of set up uh, the championship match that they announced is going to be taking place next week on Ring of Honor TV, which is in doubt because we know Mark Briscoe got hurt. And then Cody stands up from the announce table saying that since he's become a quote-unquote company guy, uh, he wants to right all the wrongs going on in Ring of Honor uh, and wants to defend the ROH title against somebody who uh, had the party spoiled for him in their big debut, uh, calls him a rookie and, and all this other stuff, and then forgets his name conveniently before he brings out Scorpio Sky for an ROH title match. And uh, I... I I thought this was great because Scorpio, for one, gets the platform to to tell the to really show off what he can do inside the ring, which is very important in Ring of Honor, obviously. But I just I really like Cody. <clears throat> excuse me, I really like Cody, uh, sort of showing off uh, how maniacal he's continually getting. As the more success he continues to garner, all these big contracts, all this money, it's it's very much playing. Uh, playing up to this growing uh, ego that he's built up because he just believes that he's just so, so damn good. Uh, and he, he believes it so much so that he keeps mocking Daniel Bryan inside the ring while he's doing this too, as they continue to play up all that <laughs> stuff that's been happening on Twitter. I love it. I love the fact that Cody pays attention to all the social commentary in the world of wrestling uh, and really kind of pays attention to what the fans are chatting about, but then also kind of does what he wants to do. And he's really rebranded himself as that guy that just does not care. And it's all about the money. It's all about the flash. I mean, it's almost like he's trying to take a, a little bit of what Ric Flair, you know, did in his career and use it on his own terms and how he wants to use it. Right. You know, it's all about the flash, you know, you know, get out there that you are well off, that everybody wants you, that you're the most special person in the room. In fact, everybody needs to kiss your ring, those kind of things. I kind of dig it. I think that's what made Cody so interesting lately. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But none of you know, you know, going you know from all the other stuff that we've seen in the past with him. I think moving forward and what they've got going on right now with him. It's just so much fun because you're seeing him actually defend the title, which is usually kind of a babyface thing to do, right? To say, hey, I'll put the title on the line. It's kind of a shock, but in a way, I really dig it because he is putting it on the line against some young guys, some guys who really we kind of want to see him face, but yet he still finds a way to win. Mm-hmm. And, and the same goes here with Scorpio Sky. I mean, he's a guy, I remember last week you were kind of bragging on Scorpio Sky because you know this guy, you've watched him on the indies, mm-hmm. you've seen him in, in, in many places, and I haven't. But at the same point, they make him feel very important and everything he's done so far in the, the basically the two matches that he's been on TV uh, have felt really good and like he belongs in Ring of Honor, no doubt. But, you know, at the same point, you have Cody playing off all that and really making it work. And he has a pretty solid match here with, you know, Sky and gets his way and eventually mm-hmm. does win. But it's not in short fashion. So I think he does a great job making, you know, Sky have a, a great match, having a great opportunity to look good. But at the same point, make himself look good and basically say, I don't care. I, I'm putting the title up for grabs and still no one can do it. No one can beat me. And these young guys, you know, are just, you know, the, the steps to the uh, next guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, people are going to probably uh, say a lot, and they continue to say a lot bad about Cody, like how he's just – He's not this great wrestler that everybody thinks he does. I I think Cody just has such a masterful idea of what he wants to accomplish uh, as far as a character on television. Uh, Because I think that's something that Ring of Honor is usually missing, and I think it's something that he really does do very well on TV. It's something Christopher Daniels does really well on TV, too, where they they just create these characters that you can't stop watching – uh, and for me, I think Cody has done a phenomenal job of doing that. You can question his wrestling ability at times, even though we've seen him pull out the great matches before. They're just, I don't think they're as many as people want to see, honestly. But I think this is what Cody is good at, being a character on TV. And, and to me, I think that's what makes him one of the best right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that, you know, he has so much offering of honor because mm-hmm. of that, right? I mean... They've already got a lot of great wrestlers, like guys who can really get in there and just do their thing. But having a guy like Cody, who's you know a good wrestler, but has so much personality, it's oozing over. That means a lot, and that makes him so much more valuable. So I think you know what he's doing here, and especially like I said, working with these young guys, it makes them so much more important. I think it's just doing Ring of Honor a lot of good to have these type of things go on, and Cody's a big part of it. I, I agree. Agree entirely. Uh, so this brings us to Coleman's pulpit with Kenny King, and I found this segment fairly interesting, right? Because we know about the history between these two guys. Obviously, they were in the rebellion together, and before that, they were they were running around together as a trio uh, as well for for a very long time. And they very much play up on that. But Caprice paints a very interesting picture that he tries to convince Kenny of, and that Ring of Honor is only behind him now and giving him these chances to succeed because of everything he's done outside of the company. So in reality, even though the Rebellion no longer exists, their fight is still sort of going on because they're still not getting the chances they deserve, or at least Caprice feels he isn't, and Kenny sort of 
has been able to make good on him, whereas Kenny presents it as, I, you know, I succeeded because I, when I was given the opportunity, I believed in myself that I could succeed, I could do it, and look what's happened, you know, I'm the television champion, and I'm the first American to hold the belt in, God, what's probably almost been a year and a half, two years, uh, so, the, I mean, it's all it's all very interesting as far as re- acknowledging the history and watching them try to paint the picture that these two are on very different paths right now. And I kind of want to see this lead to something, because I feel like this could be good for both guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, Caprice Coleman could definitely use it. I think Kenny King is on a good path right now. I mean, being the TV champion, having opportunities to be in the ring with guys like Ishida and of course some of these other, you know, super talented wrestlers. It really means a lot to Kenny King, but I think, you know, Caprice Coleman's not a bad matchup either and especially to build a good storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, you see this and it's what I love about this too is it's very much like real life sports. Mm-hmm. Uh like what I mean by this is you know, when you watch ESPN or you watch Fox Sports or any of the place that does interviews of these athletes, a lot of times you'll have an athlete being in, you know, interviewed and they'll be talking to him about, you know, how he's a great rookie in, you know, what are the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll be talking about, oh, man, you know, you, you do this right, you do this right. Uh, but don't you remember in college when you played for this university and you and your buddies would go get drunk and the guy goes from talking about all his accomplishments to being very nervous mm-hmm. and to being very like eh, kind of weirded out by the conversation to like, why does this have anything to do with my rookie season here in the NBA? And that's kind of the way Caprice Coleman made Kenny King feel. Kenny King's proud of his accomplishments, talking about the Ring of Honor and how great the time is until Kenny King uh, has to hear about how – you know, he was put on the back burner until now. Why was that? Question that reasoning from the past. Don't mm-hmm. think about the future. And I love that Caprice puts that into his mind. And you, I just love the way the interview goes because of that reason. Because it goes from being really positive to be very kind of odd and weird. And in fact, I kind of felt a little weirded out by it. Mm-hmm. So I think this does a lot for both guys. I think this gets, uh, you know, a definitely a good feud started if they want to start it here. So I'm really kind of curious to see how Kenny King goes about things later on. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting thing here, too, because I we obviously haven't seen Caprice wrestle since he's transitioned into talk show host role, essentially, is what he is now. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'd really love to see... I bet you they could have a really good match for one and for two. Uh, this could be a really interesting story of... Coleman not ready to give up the rebellions sort of fight that they were going through, whereas Kenny is is very much move on and all that. So we'll just have mm-hmm. to wait and see there. Because now to main event time is the addiction takes on Jay Lethal and Kushida, and this is absolutely brilliant at the start because the addiction are taking their time. They get it, they they steal the microphone and run down the fans and talk about how much they hate them because they turned their back on Daniels. And all this other great stuff. And then, as it looks like they're getting ready to start, they roll to the outside, and Daniels grabs the microphone again and says, you know what, you guys really want to see this match, huh? And, then, and of course, the crowd is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, too bad, because our pain will never be your entertainment ever again. We're going to take the count out, and they tell the referee to start counting. Kushida, however, ain't going to let that fly and just fucking dives on him. It's awesome. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> And then we're basically off to the races from there because the addiction uh, 
gets their butts handed to him for a little bit before they take control of the match and really work over uh, Kushida for a while before he manages to tag in Lethal. Lethal comes in and sort of saves the day, uh, brings Kushida back in, uh, Kazarian eats the Lethal Injection, Hoverboard Lock on Daniels makes him tap, and the good guys end the show with a victory. I really enjoyed this entire segment. This is what I was talking about earlier. Daniels and Kazarian are just two guys who are great characters on television. Uh, And as much as we kind of weren't super hyped up about what they had done with the addiction recently, this really worked for me as far as telling the addiction story. Like, they are taking this 100% seriously and are absolutely out to ruin every single crowd's enjoyment of a Ring of Honor show. Uh, yeah, you know, the addiction is perfect for that role. And, you know, they're involved in, you know, a lot of high-profile matches because of who they are. And mm-hmm. so I, I think they're the perfect guys for for that race, but not only that, because of everything you just mentioned and the charisma and just the, just the great ability that guys like Christopher Daniel have to really get points across to the entire crowd and really make them feel it. So this is something that I think was fun. Uh, I think it was a really solid match. I love the tease that they weren't going to have in the first place and then Kushida making it happen. So it was good. And I I think it was a a way to, you know, in the show because it really got the crowd behind everything that was going on, right? The crowd was already involved from the promo all the way to the end of the match. I mean, they gave him every reason to stay involved, and that made me very, very happy. So good stuff from them. And this is a main event that, once again, I mean, you actually care about. You're not just saying, mm-hmm. okay, when's it going to end, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kushida, I think, keeps you involved. Uh, and then, I mean, the addictions working the heat is a, is a little dull, but... I think the match very much was, should be, you know, it, it was very good, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be back with another episode of Ring of Honor next week for sure. Uh, where we're going to have to see what all these major rewrites that we talked about a couple weeks ago were all about since Mark Briscoe hurt his arm. Yeah, exactly. So, well, you know, the, the, what they previewed here is not going to happen just to yeah. let you folks know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But anyway, you're right, Paul. We'll have to wait and see how that all works out. But, yes, uh, that pretty much sums up our entire show for tonight. Yeah, that's right. We, we gave you some really interesting quick hits and Ring of Honor TV. So we will be back this next Friday. Make sure you go check out that show. That'll be episode 271, part two, where we'll talk the Impact Wrestling. We'll jump into some other discussions and wrestling news. Plus, we'll crown a superstar of the week and a lot more. So you don't want to miss that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, you know, make sure you go check out all the other great shows that are on the W2Mnet.com because, trust me, it's a blast to go find all the wrestling shows that we have to offer. Plus, all the other kind of shows that we have to offer from, you know, the world of sports. Plus, we're also jumping into entertainment. And just everything. I mean, there's so many great things over there at W2Mnet.com you don't want to miss. And, you know, don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review over here at Wrestling of the Max, wherever you get your podcast from. Because, hey, we love to make sure that you have every single episode we have, and that's the best way to go do it. Rate and uh, review as well. It just does us a favor. We appreciate it. And make sure you go check out from mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. Great supporters of ours, and we definitely appreciate those guys. And yeah, that's it for all the plugs, I believe. And so uh, we just want to say this. 
please go have a very happy Halloween. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. That's the number one thing here. Be safe for yourself. Take care of your friends, your family, everyone around you. Make sure you're not out there drink, drinking and driving. Please don't text and drive. Just take care of your business however you want to do it. Go out, party, stay home in the quiet, watch a movie, whatever you do. Just make sure it's not hurting anyone else. And just have a great Halloween. So from all of us, from Sean, from Paul, and myself, happy Halloween, and we'll catch you guys later. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.